before we get going today, we got to take care of a little bit of business. You guys already know I'm talking about our friends over at FisherDiscGolf.com. FisherDiscGolf.com has been a huge supporter here running it with Nate Sexton. If you guys are enjoying the show or if you just love playing disc golf, check out our sponsor, FisherDiscGolf.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at FisherDiscGolf. We've told you before, they've got 18 different brands in stock, but every single day they're adding new discs. I follow them on Facebook, and some of these discs they're adding each day are really just awesome, amazing plastic, uh, watching their inventory grow constantly. They've got a new contest that's going to be coming up. You guys need to get yourselves some Fisher Disc Golf apparel to, uh, to be included in this. So they've got dry fits and hoodies and sweats. Uh, Fisher Disc Golf really just doing some awesome things. Of course, you guys know about the disc stacks. That's every Tuesday and Friday at 8. You can catch them on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, FisherDiscGolf.com. Check out their discs. Always free shipping. And Nate, if our listeners want to pick something up, what's a way they can save a little moolah? Yeah, save 10% with our code RUNIT10. All I ask, go check out their website. Check out Fisher Disc Golf. Give them a chance to earn your business. They do a great job. Absolutely. And uh, huge supporters of us. And guys, one of the ways that you can support the show is by supporting our sponsors. We're able to do this show for free every single week because we have such amazing sponsors with us. And uh, Fisher Disc Golf really uh, has been kind of leading the way on that. So check them out, FisherDiscGolf.com. And we thank them again for sponsoring this podcast. This is Paige Pierce, and you are listening to Running It with Nate Sexton. Hello, Disc Golf fans, and welcome back to another episode of Running It with Nate Sexton. I'm your co-host, Jared Orr. He is a man who is a mere weeks away from defending his crown of Las Vegas, and our host, Mr. Nate Sexton. Nate, how you doing today, man? I'm great, and man, it's coming up quick. I'm, I'm leaving for Las Vegas in about eight days, uh, right around this time of night, too. So yeah, man, it's... Uh... I'm going to have to get down there and, yeah, defend that title. Man, well, that would sure be uh, uh, incredible. I would love to be able to play at that level, I hope. No, we all hope. And uh, and we're just looking forward to having you back out there and seeing you do what you do best because that's not behind the microphone, although you are amazing. But you're a professional disc golfer, and it's time to get you back out on that course, man. I, I agree with you. I really do. I, I can't wait. I'm just excited to see everybody, excited to feel the nerves, excited to hit some big shots. I mean – I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. And we all know, as we said, you were last year's winner, but you had quite the battle going all the way through till the end there. And you did it with today's guest of running it. Nate, who are we running it with today? We got a special one tonight. Yeah. A guy that uh, pushed me uh, as far as I could be pushed down there in Vegas. He took the lead in the final round. It was a uh, really fun. And a, a friend of mine, a teammate on Innova, the four-time United States distance champion and also jerky CEO, newly jerky CEO. It's Mr. Garrett Gerthy. Howdy, howdy. Hey, dude. How's it going? I'm great, man. How are you? Dude, It's it's been a busy, productive, nice day here in Stockton. Nice. Oh, in California? Cool. Yep. We're here in California, city of Stockton, and uh, got out to Swenson Disc Golf Course today to do a little commercial. 
you're going you're you're getting jerky commercials done that's right we're we're getting a commercial done for the jerky biz and uh i couldn't be more excited we got some really cool things that we did today that is hopefully going to shock the whole disc off scene that you know some some kind of footage that's never been seen before so Okay. I'm really excited to share with people, but I can't really let out all the details. I got to make you thirsty. So if you're thirsty, you know, grab a bag of jerky and have some nice water, <laughs> some tea, and relax and wait. Yeah, don't tell us anymore, man. I, I, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. That's awesome. Yeah, buddy. Cool, dude. Well, you got you're getting started, right? You're kind of onto the road now. Yep, we got uh the 14th. We're heading out on Valentine's Day to head to Vegas, drop the the trailer, and head on to the All Stars and get ready for that. And uh, the next day after uh, Valentine's Day, me and Jessica are going to celebrate a little Valentine's Day. And instead of doing it on the 14th, we're going to make a little travel way since everything's going to be a little busy anyways. So um, we're excited to to get to Arizona and kick it off and. Uh, in a fun style, I guess we should say. And, uh, I'm, I'm super stoked to have Vegas on the radar. I'm super stoked. It's coming quick. Yeah, man. The memory of, uh, the, the Albatrace. Is that what we're calling it? The, the that, ace on the par four? I love it. You know, it kind of goes pretty good, especially when you capitalize the ACE and Albatrace. Yeah. It looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was an incredible shot for anybody that hasn't seen it. I mean, you probably have if you follow disc golf very closely, but last year, uh, like around 440 foot par four, about as dangerous as it can be on like every side. And, uh, yeah, as you might have guessed, this man right here. Threw it in and won. Just an awesome celebration. Everyone just was shocked on their faces. So cool. Yeah, that was quite an amazing day. Uh, especially, uh, a me- this is a memory that's going to go with me forever. You know what I mean? There yeah. were so many of my friends there to watch. A couple people from California that aren't normally in the Vegas area. They were there. A couple buddy of mine's, uh, Kerry Trotter said he took one video that day and it took him to hole seven to pull out his camera because he was walking around. He said he filmed one shot that day and it wow. was my shot over the water. And to this day, it still sits with me and it gives me the goosebumps. Just like he, he filmed one shot of everybody there the whole day, all the pros <laughs> there. I know he's my, he's, he's like a brother to me. Kerry Trotter, shout out to you, man. Thanks for capturing that clip. He, I think he got Snapchat famous for that one post, nice. I think. <laughs> And how it do you, great. Like, I mean, does it feel like, does it feel like the best shot you ever thrown? Or, I mean, you've thrown so many heaters, dude. Like I can't even, I'm so jealous for, of what you can do with the disc. So I, I would understand if it wasn't the best shot you've ever thrown, but what do you feel like? I feel it's like the top five shots by double G for sure. I, yeah. I think with the impact of the speed it was coming in and for a nice end of a disc catcher to catch that basket with that much screen <laughs> yeah, coming man. in. I mean, that's amazing to see it, see a disc coming in that full effect. You know, I'm, I may have been out of bounds if I missed the basket completely, but it was so worth it to go for that basket. That's you know? a lot. Of, I mean, that's a lot of aces too, though. It's like, whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's like, sure. Was it, is there some luck? Is it great? You know, is it fortunate to hit the chains? For sure. sure. But like, <laughs> who, but you're ripping it. Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't care about that. When people are like, Oh, it would have been out of bounds. So what? It didn't go out of bounds. Yeah. It went in the basket. So <laughs> exactly. it's it an ace is what, is what it is. Yeah. But, a lot of, a lot of people got caught up on 
Is it a par four? Is it a par three? Guess what? I'm just the player, you know? Yeah, Don't be man. mad at me. I yeah. threw the disc. Yeah. I got the score on what the par was to the score. To the co- to the course, so yeah. You know, is it a it four it or is. a three? No, it's a one. That's that's what you count it as. So don't let <laughs> nothing else matters. That's right. You tell him, Jarrett. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, man, I got nothing but fond memories. I mean, obviously, I, I was lucky to come out the victor that weekend. But man, just battling back and forth with you in that final round, and I remember you coming out of the gate with like I want to say like six or seven birdies in a row. It felt like, and and just kind of feeling like, well. You know, second place is going to be fine. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll go up there and, and say what a job Garrett did because he's unstoppable right now. But yeah, you know, that's how the round goes back and forth. And always yep. a pleasure, man. Uh, you know, th- I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate everything you do. And uh, always a pleasure to get the, get a chance to duke it out with you. Yep. Well, not many teammates will, will tell you, but I'll tell you, it's a pleasure having you as a, as team captain because, uh, we, we need some inspiring people in the sport. And, uh, if there's anyone inspiring people, I mean, you, you started a family, you're, you're living the dream still. You're playing disc golf full time when you can and, uh, still raising a beautiful kid. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. So thanks, man. Appreciate that. it. Yeah. Appreciate and we've, you. and we've had Jerm on the show twice actually too. So. <laughs> <laughs> That beautiful, that beautiful, beautiful big baby. Yeah. (laughs) How'd you know we were saying, we were talking about germ? (laughs) But yeah, man, I want to throw it back to something you briefly mentioned uh, about celebrating Valentine's Day and give a, get a shout out for Jessica Weiss, your significant other. Um, And, you know, you're kind of one of the few that's out there traveling with your Valentine, if you will, you know, this time of year. But yeah, how's that? How is that? You guys are, you guys have been traveling together now for a couple of years, right? Yep, we're going on uh three years now and counting. And uh, you know, we bump heads a lot, which we haven't been twenty four hours apart since we've been together wow. due to disc golf and the, the COVID right now. But uh, you know, we, we we make a good team. We we communicate often and um disc golf is life, man. It's really nice to have a girlfriend that really enjoys the sport of disc golf just as much as you has that fire and heat that wants to get better. We've been trying to bank off each other to help each other get better in the off season. So not only as on the disc golf course, but as people in general, just we're trying to do better for the sport where we can kind of make it grow in a better direction. Yeah, man. How's she healing up? I know she's been dealing with some pretty frustrating injuries. Uh, she's healing up pretty good. Um, it's still a, a little bit of pain here and there, she says, but I believe she feels like it might be from not playing so repetitively like we did last year. So this is my fifth day of disc golf in a row, which I haven't done that in the off season yet. It's just been kind of two a days at the max, like two days in a row. Then I'll take three days off and then I'll play two days and and it's been really nice that way. She's been taking a little bit more time off because of her injury. So she's starting to get in the groove of things. So I feel like she'll pick up really quick. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I don't think the injury will be as much of as a bother as she thinks it might be right now. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about with that. Like it's been a, a new phase for me lately with kind of coming back from an injury and then also just like COVID and not having a lot of time with uh, just being with Coraline. It's like, I'll get out and play. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. am I injured or am I just tired or am I, you know, am I just a little out of disc golf shape over this right. off season? It's been weird, but I, yeah. I'm fine. I feel like I'm kind of starting to turn the corner now finally. So 
really get really getting excited to be back out there with everybody. I guarantee you're not the only person to have that same feeling because, you know, same with me. It's happened and it's come, it's gone. I've gotten three or four or five days in now of straight disc golf and the body's finally like, oh, yeah, this is what you do. So it's getting back to normal. I I, I really like it. Working with my chiropractor lately, he's been giving me some good exercises to 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 go for the season and i'm excited to use them throughout the whole the whole year cool well we got to get to it man i feel like for me and i think for a lot of people kind of one of the bigger surprises and exciting moments of this whole off season was you announcing two things number one double g craft jerky your own company that you're the ceo of and kind of at the same time the double g children's foundation so if you wouldn't mind kind of take us through you know how do you get from if people don't know, I mean, this guy is a certified grill master. Like this dude is not <laughs> double G, not no stranger to cooking all kinds of meat and everything else too, not just meat, but he's a chef. Anyway, tell, tell the people how you got from, you know, where that passion came from and, yeah, and how you, sure. how you end up starting your own company. Yeah. Um, the first, the first, uh, part where it started would be in the bowling alley believe it or not we had a kitchen i worked at a place called splits bowling alley it was the classier bowling alley in town and uh they needed a a cook and i was like wow i can i can cook and i can bowl you know all (laughs) at the same time this is great how old how old are you at this time i was 17 when i started working at the bowling alley Wow. And 16 was the first time I made my first batch of beef jerky. I kind of nailed it right on the head where I didn't make it over salty. I didn't make it under salty. I had a nice little teriyaki flavor. So I made that batch on our dehydrator that we had at home. And uh from there, I was like, man, I'm really on to something. So I started working at the bowling alley and I worked with a kitchen manager named Sean Barrett. And... He was a kitchen manager and he had a lot of same things in common as me. So we, we kind of hung out quite a bit while we worked together. So he, uh, he kind of gave me the passion. Like he showed me the ropes on how to make, how to slice the beef and stuff like that. And it, it really kind of lit my fire. I was like, man, I can kind of, I'm on some, I can make some really good jerky. So he, he kind of inspired me that, you know, you got to make people thirsty when you're, when you're cooking out there, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta make them want to enjoy it and make them want to drink either a beer or a nice, you know, glass of soda right after whatever it is. But, uh, I grew up wanting to cook because our whole family didn't really cook with a lot of flavor. And I knew that if I could control what was cooking, then I can make it all better. <laughs> the the part was I couldn't cook it because I wasn't paying for it. You know what I mean? So I I waited till mom and dad were, you know, I was out of the house and I could cook my own food. So I got inspired in a bunch of different ways just because of the lack of food that I had growing up that wasn't seasoned properly. So <laughs> seriously, like all this goes back to like whenever I was a kid, like my mom cooked the most bland food. Rest in peace. She's not here with us. And I'm not talking crap, mom. Sorry. But, <laughs> I, you know, I just like food with flavor. So everybody's um, got their strengths, man. You can't yeah. be everything. You can't be everything. Yep. So 
needless to say, our bowling alley had all the tools I really needed to make my own batch of jerky and like, you know, keep pumping it out just for my friends around town. Just all my buddies, they loved it since I was a kid. So we had a meat slicer. We had containers that I could um, marinate the meat in. So I would make my own personal batch. I'd marinate it at work, bring it home, cook it on the dehydrator. And like I said, it was just an eyeball of a product for now. Like I would eyeball everything like, okay, that's enough Worcestershire. Okay, that's enough soy sauce. Okay, that that's enough teriyaki. Like I would just eyeball it. And then finally, my buddies tried it so many times over the years of me making my small batches. They're like, dude, do you know you make like the best beef jerky ever? Why don't you start a company? I'm like, well, <laughs> I played disc golf for a living. I clearly don't have the time. I'm on the road 30, 35 weeks out of the year playing 30 tournaments, and I just don't have the time. Ted goes, well, what if we help make the time? So my friend Ted from Orlando, he has uh, another friend, Jim, and we all kind of went into business together because they believed in my product, and uh, we figured what better way of bringing beef jerky to the disc golf market if we started the Double G Children's Foundation to help kids in need that don't have the funds to have discs or to have baskets. So it was kind of like a two for one right out of the gate. So we're going to start a good a quality product and use some really good beef in along with making this beef jerky, you know, we're going to help support some kids because when I grew up, I wasn't very, uh, let's say, uh, fortunate to have all the things I really needed or wanted whenever I was growing up. I had a lot of hand-me-downs from my friends to get me into the sport. And uh, they, uh, you know, really helped me guide the way for, you know, a kid being wanting to be a professional disc golfer one day. Like I had so much guidance and so much people gave to me as a kid. And it was just kind of incredible to see the support that they would give a family of five, they knew that we weren't, we didn't have, you know, that much money to have that many kids in one house. It was like a nightmare for my parents. Sometimes they're like, man, why do we have so many kids? <laughs> <laughs> but we all love disc golf. So between disc golf and beef jerky and the double G's children foundation, like we kind of compressed it all in one and, this is what we're giving to the market. So, so far we've raised over six or $700 last time I checked in the double G children foundation. And we're only two, two solid months into our jerky company. And man, like just today, we got a few more wholesalers today. So awesome. it, it's really skyrocketing. And, uh, I appreciate each and every one that has supported me in this path and, not only are they supporting me, but they're getting a quality product that they like too. So I hope it works well on both ends. I'm pretty sure it's going to. I mean, you're you're just so obviously the man for the job. I mean, I can remember my earliest memories of hanging out with you. You'd be like, "Oh yeah, I got some. You want, want a little jerky? I got some I made." You know, like I remember that oh, yeah. from way back. Like it's not. Oh yeah. There's nothing new, you know. And uh, the only thing know, new is I'd have to pass it out with a glove. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, man, I remember a couple of years back, like, uh, you know, one of the, the high honors of, of being on tour out there, I, I had one, I think the ledge stone 
And then I opened up my phone to a message from Double G that said, hey, man, when we get to Vermont and we got kind of a spot to set up, man, I'm cooking you a steak. And it was like, dang, yep. dude, that's sweet. <laughs> you know, like, so yeah. I went over, went over to hit your condo at, at uh, Smugs at the resort. And that was good, man. You made, you made like all kinds of sides and like dude. just super nice. And just like, what a skill, you know, you're just like a, a great chef. And it's like something you don't expect, you know, because I feel like. You see, like, oh yeah, this pretty young professional athlete. You know, you figure out oh, this guy doesn't cook. You know, but you're <laughs> you, you're breaking the mold, man. You do it different. Yep. It's awesome. When I get in the kitchen, that's like my happy place. You know, like get out of my way. I got it. I'm used to serving like 30 people in a matter of 30 minutes. You know, not uh, serving 10 people in a course of an hour. So yeah. you, you got to really get a good timing on when foods finished first and when you should start a food or how long it. The, the protein's going to take to cook before, you know, before you throw the baked potatoes in or, you know, there's all yeah. kinds of ways that you got to get your timing right. So along with good timing, good food, what can go wrong? So, well, I'll tell you, we've had some amazing uh, moments on running it with Nate Sexton and we've spoke to some of the most confident disc golfers in the world, but without a doubt, the strongest, most confident power move on the history of this show was how Garrett just busted off Worcester with no problem. He wasn't even worried about tossing it out there because <laughs> that's a word that I try to avoid at all points. So I just want to throw that out there, man. I'm, I'm, I was super impressed by that. You didn't even, you didn't even think about it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's awesome. And, and you were nice enough, Garrett, to, uh, hook us up here at the show with, uh, a bag of each of your first four flavors. So what I thought I was going to do now is, uh, I got them on a plate here and I'm thinking live on the show, I'm going to kind of go through each and try not to make too many gross mouth noises, but taste all the flavors, kind of react to them and, and let you guys know what my personal favorite is. And, uh, I, I, I made sure to check before I did this because I'm lucky enough. My roommate right now, professional disc golfer Chandler Fry, I went and checked. The average human has about 10,000 taste buds. I feel like this guy's got at least 12,000. He's a big dude. So I brought him in. We got him here on the mic. Chandler, I broke off a piece of jerky for him of each one. And we're going to kind of go down the line and, and uh, talk our way through it. And you can kind of tell us a little more about each flavor if you want as we go. Sound good, Garrett? Sounds good. All right, sweet. Let me here. You're the chef, so let me talk you through my thought process before we even get going. I figure we got to start with original, kind of get a baseline. Yep, OG going. Then I got yep, a go. teriyaki next, and then I got the garlic yep. lovers, and then I figure you can't. Oh, that's my taste order. the hot one last because you don't want it to kind of linger and, and change up what you're tasting on the other ones. Hundred percent. That's the order. All right, sweet. Okay, all right, all right, cool, man. Let's do it. I'm gonna oh we're we're gonna gosh. get into the uh, original right now. There's two things I know in this world, Sounds and that's uh, disc golf and jerky. So let's see what's going on here. Oh man, I love you, Chandler. <laughs> Easy, I mean, fellas. Obviously, it's good. <laughs> Immediately, I'm happy. It's a little. It's like a little sweet. Don't you don't got to give away any of the eleven secret herbs and spices, Garrett? But it's got like a little sweetness to it. But not too much. But not a lot. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, it tears, yeah, it tears perfectly. It's beautiful. I'm into it. Yeah, it has like that nice balance where it's a little salty, where you need a little bit of salt when you're on the course and, you know, throw it back a little bit of water and you're got a little bit of protein, a little bit of energy for the round. You know what I mean? Without getting too much flavor on. And it, it it's really just a nice sitting one that's just like 
just perfect for anybody that wants to question jerky. Go to the original first. If they don't like that, they probably won't like any of them, but I guarantee it they'll like it. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably will. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got teriyaki next. I'm guessing it's going to be a little sweeter. It's a little darker. Yep. Teriyaki is always my go-to. Not your favorite, oh, usually? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and already this is this is my favorite out of the two I've tasted. Yes. <laughs> it's hard. It's, t- it's tough. Yeah. I don't know if – I don't know. If, for me, I don't know that it's obviously better. They're both really good. I just like the sweetness. But it is – it's definitely sweeter. You definitely yeah. know you're eating teriyaki. When, but not like – it's certainly not anywhere near too sweet. Right. So this one's for the people that are kind of leaning towards that sweeter snack, but they're kind of like on the savory side. Like, mm-hmm. man, I want something kind of sweet and savory. Mm-hmm. This kind of fixes that, you know, that supplement that you're like, man, this is it. This is the one. This is uh, something that satisfies my crave. Sweet. Teriyaki, how can you go wrong? I'm I'm serious. Like teriyaki <laughs> was like my even if it was in a beef stick or was it in a bag, I'm going for teriyaki as a kid growing up. Bam. Yeah. I'm grabbing a teriyaki right off the shelf. Yeah. I feel like that was I feel like that's more my as a kid for sure. I think now I'm a little more I'm I'm a little more interested in where this garlic lever is going to take me. That's what we got next. It's kind of got like almost like a dry rub situation happening. Take yes. a smell first. It's very nice, very pleasant. It's not that garlicky smelling. Yeah. Is jerky the best mid-round snack? Was that voted on? Um yes. on Joe as we got to, we went to trail mix, but I think jerky was went deep. And the jerky, I mean jerky's way up there. I, I often will buy like a big bag of jerky before a tournament. Well trail mix can through. have trail mix can have True. the year of the COVID. I'll take this year. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't I don't see this going down too easy. This is got like a tiny bit of yeah. spice. It's a bit drier than the first two. Yep. We uh, went for a little bit sweet. more drier on this one, kind of for the people that like a little bit more tougher, we went and dried it out a little bit more than the rest. And oh, nice. we put a little bit of pepper in with the garlic to kind of balance just mm. that garlic taste. So you're not just, you know, breathing all garlic fire all day. So <laughs> it, it, it really complements each other with a little bit of the pepper, pepper, uh, peppercorn, sorry. Yeah. In along with the garlic. So I think it kind of balanced pretty nice out there right now. I'm I'm having a bite of garlic lovers yeah. and a bite of the hot boom sauce at the same time. You're mixing them. See that I figured you would have you'd be on that next level. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm not trying to sell people two bags of jerky at a time, but I'm telling you, if you mix them together, and one day I'll have that flavor. <laughs> nice. But, you know, we got to start with your core first. Yeah. So we're going with the core flavors. Then later down the road, we're going to be mixing it up. We're going to be making some dog jerky, hopefully down the road. So nice. There we go. For all the dog lovers out there that to clear know, that up, that's even... jerky for dogs, right? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Okay, not just... my dogs, but for the doggies <laughs> and the puppies. Correct. So good clarification. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you know any of you guys that have them, guys or gals that have some animals out there, be looking for the double G craft jerky. For do- for the doggies, nice. So I should have a nice, cool little dog logo on the bag or something like that. We'll we'll put something really cool together. Maybe right, we'll send in some disc golf dogs or something and put them on there. Yeah, I can help you with that. I gotta say, the aftertaste of that garlic lovers is still lingering. It's, it's still quite, a little it's quite nice. It's still yeah. a little bit spicy. Yeah, but speaking of breathing fire fire all day, we got without a doubt this is the best named flavor. Yes. This is a hot yeah. boom sauce, which is like 
perfect for Garrett because that's like the actual thing you'll say if you see him throw. Like I you maybe like called him out a couple times. Yeah. You'll maybe have never said any of those words in your life, but you'll see him <laughs> throw a disc and it's just gonna fall out of your mouth. You'll be like, "Hot boom sauce!" I did not believe right. what I just saw. <laughs> That's kind of how the experience goes. Even when you're playing in the group with them, it'll hit you that way. So we're going to try this one. This is a spicy guy. How hot is it? Let's find out. I would oh, say man. on my scale, six on a scale of, oh, all right, five on a scale of ten. I so like lie. a ten for us? Okay. No, no. <laughs> uh, seven. Okay. Because I like, I generally like hot stuff. So mm-hmm. this, okay. this you'll typically find in Garrett Gerthy's bag any day on the right pouch. On the left-hand pouch right now, currently, it's the garlic lovers. Mm-hmm. So I've been carrying a bag of garlic and a bag of the hot boom sauce. So like I said, if I have a bad hole or a bogey, you know what I do? I just take one of both and I sandwich them together and have a nice old bite. Nice. Here's me up. This is a bit too hot for me, not going to lie. Really? I'm, a little, I'm, I'm weak. I'm weak. I kind of okay. think I, – I would say I'm going <coughs> to – and it's kind of, <laughs> watch out, Chandler. Oh Lord! I feel like uh, okay. I feel like know. in the same way that when we did the Showmez taste test, I learned things about myself. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have. I would have thought this would be my least favorite, mm-hmm. but I think maybe it's my favorite because like it's still a little <laughs> bit sweet. But I don't think of myself as a real spicy loving guy, and I don't know that I would want this like the whole round. But it, but if I'm just yeah. eating one piece, okay. I like how this one kind of sneaks up on me. It's still a little bit sweet. And yeah. it's, for me, it's not too hot. It's like appropriately hot for like something where you're like eating something you want it to be a little spicy. I kind of think I would. I think you're you're leaning teriyaki for oh, your favorite all, all day. All yeah, day. I kind of think that. I think I might be a hot boom sauce guy, which makes me feel like a badass. Well, I love it. Just that, to say that, that like, totally yeah, hey man, I eat, eat a few more pieces and see how you feel. Well, I, it, well, to full clear, full full honesty here, I already ate a whole bag last week. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, but this sitting, is the first. But this is the first time. <laughs> I've I've tried every flavor before tonight, but this is the first time I lined them up on a plate and went back to back to back to back to kind of get it like a. But man, I mean, obviously they're all good. You hear you heard Garrett's backstory. He's not messing around. It's not like he just decided to try jerky recently. Oh yeah. Yep. So fifteen years into it. Yeah, yeah. So they're all really fantastic. I would say, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm out there and I'm uh, if you want to get some, you know, I would recommend trying this taste test right along with us. If you if you got a little jerky money laying around and you're, you're burning a hole in your yep. pocket get over there to double g craft jerky <laughs> grab yourself bags. one of each and uh, you're, you know of all four bags and yeah definitely let us know uh, we're ready to ship yeah let's go <laughs> let us know which one your guys's favorites are too because i think we're gonna you know also double g always generous he hooked us up with some bags for giveaways so in the show social media definitely watch running yep. up with nate sexton on instagram and facebook because we got a bag of every flavor we're going to be giving away. I don't know exactly how we're going to do it yet, but we just got that news from Garrett today that we're going to be able to give away a bag to our listeners of one of each flavor. So look forward. We're going to come up with something fun. We're yeah, going to we we're gonna figure yeah, out something. Definitely. Garrett, has anyone in your marketing department contacted you yet about spelling jerky with a G on the packaging? Ooh, man. No, not yet. Jared right. of, with the J of all people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just with the G. I'm just throwing it out there, man. It works. Dude. That does, You're onto something. That, there is something there. Yeah, and uh, I I want to give a quick shout out. Now I don't know if I should be a little bit like uh, scared on the feedback, but I got Andrew Zimmern giving me some feedback in a few weeks on Instagram. Nice too. So I sent him a few bags of jerky. He's going to give me a a taste testing as well and let the whole world know on how Double G Craft jerky is. So 
He, I feel like he's the man. I I don't know the guy. I, I've talked to him online a few times. I can't wait to get a chance to meet him and play some disc golf with him as he's one of our team Innova celebrity guys. But Andrew Zimmern, you know, used to do like bizarre foods. If you don't, okay. if you can think of him, he's got, he's a bald guy. He's on uh, travel channel and food network and all that, I think. But the guy yep. is like, I follow him on Instagram and I just feel like he's so honest in that he's not like some snooty chef. That's like, Oh, I, he definitely eats some crazy expensive, fancy stuff. But you also yeah. will see him eating just like some super normal and saying it's the best thing he's had all week. A bag you know, so of the guy like Cheetos or something. <laughs> yeah, I for sure. Him. I feel like he's yeah. he's he's telling you he's telling it like it is. He's not like putting on airs and saying, "Oh, I only like this caviar." And though he does, he is into that. Like he's definitely eating some crazy stuff. But oh, uh, him and his son yeah. eat good all yeah, the time. For sure. And why wouldn't <laughs> they? I mean, yeah, why wouldn't they? If that you made a life as a chef and been all over the world, you know, he definitely has exotic tastes, but. I just feel like he's going to love, I mean, no question he's going to love this, but that'll be, that'll be really interesting to see what he has to say about it. Oh yeah. Later, later on in the year, when we hit to either the Minnesota Majestic or the Preserve, uh, me and chef Andrew Zimmern is going to meet up and have a little, uh, disc golf day and a night in the kitchen. So oh uh, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to picking his brain on all the tips uh, and I bet it might work in both ways where he's ready to pick my brain on how to throw farther or something yeah. like that. So I'm, I'm super be, uh, excited. Flying the wall on that? Uh, dude, I would love to have <laughs> you over. We just got to make sure we can, uh, we, we got six square, you know, six feet away from oh, everybody. Sure, yeah. And yeah, and man, I'll triple Chef AZ. For you. I mean, if, if you're hanging around, I wouldn't mind having you over. You're, you're one of the coolest cats on tour channel. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate that, Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> man. I got you, buddy. <laughs> I got one question for you, Garrett. Do you have any plans to make like five pound bags of your jerky? Cause I got a lot of driving Ooh. in my future and I need, I need that in, in the. Okay. The well, well, we might have to step up for the one pounders at least. We got to start, yeah. you know, <laughs> slow. So I, we, we've seen some one pound bags out there. So we, we can kind of really dial in what might be the next idea on a bigger bag. So that's Chandler's uh, way of telling you he needs five pounds of jerky. Yeah. Teriyaki <laughs> at that, not hot cream <laughs> sauce. I've been known yeah. to down a few bags of jerky in my day. So <laughs> I got you, bud. You know that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks Chandler for helping us with the taste test and, uh, thanks Garrett for giving us the samples. That was awesome. Oh, uh, you know, I'm down to hook up, you know, all my friends that are jerky connoisseurs. So <laughs> all my pro friends that are going to see me on tour soon, stop on by, come get a sample. Well, from six feet away. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll throw you a bag. How about that? Yeah. Easy, 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 Garrett. Those, you know, those guys are making money, man. You don't have to go. Oh yeah, I got sample bags coming. I get sample bags coming, so I, I do have smaller bags for people to try. So we're saving a little bit of product there, and we'll make it a little bit more easier to get in the pros' hands, if you know what I mean. So I know they got the money; they're out on the tour, they're grinding it like me. But for them to try it once or twice before committing to a bag, I got their back for now. Because you know, touring pros, we're, we're a little tight sometimes too. So uh, I, I don't mind letting them try it out. They'll, they'll end up buying some more bags. I'm a customer. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> if it was me, on the other hand, I'd be swinging a bag around to all of the guys playing on my card. And when they ask what flavor it is, I just let them know, well, that's X-Lax. You guys enjoy this. <laughs> that was a or, that's, a, that's a special one for you guys on this round. <laughs> yep. Or it's called my flavor. <laughs> <laughs> this is mine. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
uh, we've had, had an opportunity to taste test the the jerky. Uh, Nate and, and Chandler are, are ripping through it over there. So each week here on Running It with Nate Sexton, when we have a touring pro on, I like to play a little game, and it's called You or Nate. And it's where we just ask some fun questions, and you answer with you or Nate. Be more likely to do that. What do you think? You want to play along? I'm down. Let's do it. This ought to be fun. It sure should be. And the majority of our questions today were actually sent in by a listener on email, Greg H. Greg, I'm sorry, man. I don't want to mess up your last name, but Greg sent in a bunch of great questions. And I thought, you know what? We're going to roll with it and we're going to let him uh, go ahead and pick some of these you or Nates. If you guys have questions for upcoming you or Nates, running it podcast at gmail.com. A couple fun topics for us to debate. It's time to play. It's you or Nate. I'll tell you what, that theme song never gets old for me. I love it every single time. <laughs> Shout out to my boys, uh, LNJ Sessions, for putting that together for us. All right, Garrett, here we go. It's you or Nate. Now, the first question actually is pretty fitting. Um, who do you think eats the worst? So I guess who's eating more junk food out there during tour time, you or Nate? Ooh, man. I'm going to have to say me. I don't know. I, I, I don't get the sense either one of us is going too crazy. But No, uh, not too crazy, but if I'm going to call, you know, I can't I can't call <laughs> you out cuz you're you're feeding your your baby like the best food they could probably have because you you know, sure. Health sure. for your baby is very important. Sure. And with that being right there in front of you, I feel like you might have it just a little bit better than I do right now. He he's just. eating he's eating better steaks, but yeah, I don't think either one of us is throwing down too much junk food. I'll agree. All right. All right. I, I don't know. I thought, call you out on it. So I thought you've been getting big germ, a lot of Chick-fil-A, but that's okay. We'll stay with it. Um, Chick-fil-A is awesome. Shout out to Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> who spends more time on their phone? You or Nate? I do. I'm, I got an iPhone. It tells me, it gives me my screen time update and it's, it's depressing sometimes. I'm, I'm hovering around that three hour a day mark. When I'm, uh, when I'm doing, you know, Instagram or, you know, Facebook, whatever, interacting with fans and, and doing what I got to do that way. So that kind of quantifies my phone use. Yeah. With the, with me now having the jerky company and being CEO, I'm definitely on my email. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on my site to make sure everything's going well. Uh, I'm checking Instagram, like Facebook. I'm like three or four days behind always on Facebook just because I can't keep up on all of them. It's tough. But it is tough. And uh, I'm at the process of trying to link shares on Instagram and with my Facebook. And that's kind of tough. So I've been really trying to work on that and try to get that working right. And so, like I said, I've been on my phone quite a bit lately, especially with having the drinky company started. But it's all in good reasons, so I, I kind of take it as that's my work, but I yep. feel like I'd be on the phone more than Nate. All right, fair enough. Who's the better wheel man on a long trip, do you think, you or Nate? I'm going to go with Nate on this one. He, really? He's, he's lived in Oregon, and he, he's been the outdoorsy guy, I feel like, just in, in my sense. I know I can cook. We're, we're talking about driving, aren't we? Yeah. Just to, just who could drive? Like, don't you do? Yep. Don't you do like the lion's share of the driving between you and and Jessica? All right, all right. Yeah, you're right. But I thought you pulled behind the the car 
yeah, hybrid. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I can drive some. I, I can. I'm a lot better at driving big RV things than I ever thought I would be, thanks to disc right? golf. But uh, I feel like you know, I feel like you, you're a road warrior, man. I, I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know. I might have to argue this one. I think you can. All right. I, I did do you, a 24 hour pull with the tow behind before. Yeah, by yourself. <sighs> Jessica's my witness. Yep. Yeah, she was yeah. sleeping a few times. Yeah, man, I'm bowing out. This is I, I'm taking I'm taking the silver medal tops on this one. Oh yeah, we had to make our way from Texas to to Masters Cup that year. And Oof. with that being said, I had to do a 24 hour run because we didn't leave Sunday night because I didn't want to pack up. Me and Jessica didn't want to pack up the camper trailer because we just had a long weekend. Yeah. So we were like, all right, we'll just strike it out on Monday, and I'll go till I can can't go no more. So I had a couple Red Bulls underneath me that day and knocked out 24 <laughs> hours in the camper or in the truck pulling the camper trailer, 29-footer. Yikes. Yikes. Yep. Wow. Yep. So, yeah, all right, all right. That's intense. You might be right, Nate. Road warrior. <laughs> Who's better dressed on the course, you or Nate? I'm going to go with me on this one. Good. I was gonna. I was about to say you're being too nice, dude. Like. There, yeah, I'm going to go with G2. And I feel like it goes beyond dress, just dress. Because Garrett is a guy, Garrett has like top of the line, like beard trimmers and hair trimmers. Like this dude keeps it tight. Uh, all all, all hair and beard is perfect. So I feel like that, that for me, that goes into like best dress. That's part of it. And I'm giving it to him. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed the barber side too. Like I, I kind of have my own sets of everything that I need and I have a friend, Jose Garza, out of Oregon, and he's with Babylus Pro. So he kind of helps me out on the direction of what I need to get, and he helps me get it for me. And uh, he gives me the top quality products that kind of just cut hair like no one's business. So I really enjoy working with Jose and him hooking me up with some awesome products that keep me fly on and off the course. Thank you, Jose. Nice job, Jose. All right, here's a fun one, and it's interesting because doing some research for the show, you guys both kind of popped up in a video that was a little fitting here. Who secretly has the worst temper while playing on the course? You or Nate? <laughs> I don't have any temper while I'm on the course. I I got to call out Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. I really don't. I played too long to have a temper. I wouldn't play it if I had a temper. Yeah, I watched you guys both in some videos today, in all fairness, on YouTube. Garrett, I watched you get a little pissed with Nico calling you on a foot foul. And uh, Nate, I watched you go uh, almost bananas over a missing railroad tie and an out-of-bounds lie. Yeah, so, man. Just, yeah. just, throwing those, just throwing those out there, fellas. Yeah. 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 That, that's you part, know that's, what happens. That's part of the job. Part of the job yep. sometimes. Yep. You can't just let them stomp all over you. You got to make sure they're calling it with good measure. So you got to make right. sure, you know, there's a law out there and double G might be nice, but you can't just call a rule on them. If, I mean, you can't say I was two feet off on a footfall whenever I was only a couple inches off. You know what I mean? Sure. No, I, I, I agree. I'm just saying that it was fitting that that question came up because you guys both oh, yeah. popped up in, in videos that I was watching today. And it's a good uh, question. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very I think. I think it is. Well, Greg, thanks for sending in some awesome you or Nate questions. Um, and guys, you ever want to send anything in, uh, any additional questions, you know where we're at, running at podcast at gmail.com. 
All right, guys. So I know we're coming up on Las Vegas, and it was awesome seeing you two battling it out last year on the lead card. So this question is going to be a, a part for both of you. Nate, does it change your game up at all when you're playing with someone on the card like Garrett who can throw it so far? And on the flip side, Garrett, do you realize that you're probably intimidating people a little bit when you're out there throwing those things 600? I mean, are you using it like, boom, follow that up? I'll, you want to go I'll, first, Nate? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. I'll say I try not to let it imp- change the way I play. But that's harder than you might think because you start to kind of look ahead and you think, man, there's like four par fours in a row. And like, how could I ever hope to gain a stroke on this dude? Like, he's going to have to go out of bounds because he's going to be 100 feet past me. That's for sure. Like, <laughs> especially a place like Vegas where there's not really anything to hit. You know, you just free to fire. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I would say I've been, a, I've been around long enough and I've played enough with Garrett and other players of his, with his kind of arm talent. I wouldn't say I'm intimidated, but I would say I'm impressed as I'm, as I'm watching him. And I'm like, it turns me into a fan at times. Cause I'm like, yeah, okay. I threw my shot. I'm going to make that putt later. But right now I just want to watch these fireworks and see what, and see what these guys can do. Does it ever change your throw? Like when you, when you step up and you, you watch a Garrett throw one and you're like, man, I wasn't thinking that line, but maybe. <laughs> I think what it does for me is like, it makes me think like if I play with Garrett, then like I'll throw a shot in a field and I'll be like, man, I just, I just didn't throw that very good. I don't know what happened. Like that didn't go anywhere. And I like try to convince myself that, oh, my timing was bad or something, I guess. And then I just realized, no, actually I just, my body is just kind of a permanently in slow motion when you compare it to his. And I'd like to think I can rip it farther. Like there's, it's in there somewhere. Just rip it like him. But so far, we're still digging. We're still looking. Twenty years later, where is that speed? I'm not sure. Nice, nice. Yeah. With that being said, uh, to follow up your question, Jarrett, uh, I do feel like it does intimidate some people. But most of the people that we tour with now are, you know, they have a balance of their game to keep up, and I feel. That that's my way of keeping up is knowing that, you know, I'm not the best at everything yet. So I'm still continuing to try to be the best I can at, you know, at, at what I am lacking. Kind of like Nate's saying, like, you know, I, maybe there's something there that I'm not getting yet, but I might feel the same way in my putting or something like that. But I'm always continuing finding new ways to make putting creative to make me be able to learn. Whereas like Nate saying he wants to throw further, you know, there is stuff that you can do. There is always stuff you can do to kind of help maximize your potential on D or putting. So if you're not there yet, continue to learn. Um, The the intimidation factor can always be there, but Bryson DeChambeau in PGA, he doesn't win every tournament. He hits the ball further than most. Dustin Johnson, he wins a lot of tournaments. He hits the ball far. He doesn't win every tournament. John Daly, he was the same way. So it's all about closing it, you know, making that final putt to win the championship, win whatever tournament it is. So, Sure, that makes sense. And I guess, you know, obviously, Nate, yourself, any of the pros who are touring on a top level, I mean, they're not going to get intimidated when playing. But there's definitely some times where I would think that players – playing on a card with you or somebody that has your kind of distance, you might be able to drag them out of their game a little bit to try to, to try to put a little more on the shot to, to just keep up is all. 
Yeah, I think that certainly can happen. And yeah, for sure. Maybe not intimidated, but absolutely in awe in, in certain moments, like when just there's a rocket going and you just can't even believe where his disc is landing. Or sometimes I'm just so jealous and just laughing to myself at like, this is really his second shot on this par four. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> Well, I feel that way sometimes when you throw that dart in my face, like from 150 out straight in the basket. So <laughs> back at you. Well, you guys had a little moment there. That was yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, uh, <laughs> Garrett, an- another thing that we've gotten accustomed to doing here on running it with Nate Sexton is um, Nate will bust out a disc from his bag and he'll kind of break it down a little bit. Talk about why he uses it, what it does for him, how it's helped his game. And, uh, we were talking beforehand and we thought maybe this would be a cool opportunity to kind of hand the floor over to you on a disc breakdown and talk about your signature disc, the Sonic. The double G disc breakdown of the day. Yeah. Brought to you by that. running it and double G craft jerky. Yes. Okay. So, Sonic. Sonic is one of my favorite putt and approach discs from, you know, the throw-in area where a lot of people like to use the jump putt. I like to use my Sonic to throw the disc in, whereas some people like to jump and create the energy behind the disc to make it in the basket. So, Sonics are a little bit more forgiving. It's more like a beach frisbee, in my opinion. Growing up, the Sonic was a staple in our family because I had three brothers and a sister, and we could all play catch with a DX Sonic. And along with having the beach on both sides of us here and there in Florida, um, we were able to make it to the beach a little bit and always play catch with the Sonic. And when, when we played catch with the Sonic on the beach, it kind of became something that I wanted to put in my bag. I said, just imagine a person standing there and playing catch with it. You know, the Sonic is a very forgiving disc. It kind of stays straight in the lane. It doesn't fall left that much. It doesn't fall right. If you came from the ultimate Frisbee background, I say the Sonic is like the perfect disc for you. If you can relate to any disc in disc golf, hopefully they'll have some more out later in the year where you can grab some at a end of a champion disc. So, um, I'd say that, that the Sonic is the disc that fits the gap in my bag for. Like I said, the longer putts and anywhere from up to 300 feet, I'm still using my Sonic. So it's a very versatile disc. It's underrated, but they're wanted because I get messages every day about the Sonic. So if I could put a Sonic in each and everybody's hands, I would. But we got to have some more made. So hopefully that'll happen soon. Yeah, I'm sure Whatever. they're coming. He throws it up to 300 yards. That's just outrageous. <laughs> well, well, feet, feet, not yards. Feet, I'm sorry. Yeah, feet. It's okay. Well, I could tell you once I threw it 420 feet on a runway measured, but <laughs> it's okay. Levon Wolf was my witness. I remember, I remember a time also in Las Vegas, but it was before we ever went out to the wild horse uh, course. This is probably, I would guess about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing with Garrett and I was first on the tee or before him on the tee anyway. And I grabbed my destroyer and ripped what shut my shot, big hyzer over this <laughs> baseball field, got up there decent. And he went next and he threw a gator. And I remember just being like, what? Like, I don't even have a disc in my bag that's as short as a gator. Like, even my putter <laughs> goes farther than that. And this dude just, I just went destroyer. Full bomb. Like, I'm not taking anything off. And he just went gator right behind me. I think, I don't know if we both birdied, but we were both up there. You know, like his shot was good. 
And uh, that I remember just being like, okay, that I did not think was possible. Right. You know, living in Florida with all the gator, I think the gator is the disc that kind of started making me mash the disc a little further because you really had to throw it to make that thing go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yep. That was, that was a fun time. And, uh, definitely remember that memory. So cool, cool sharing that one, Nate. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's burned into my brain, dude. I, I can't forget it. It was just blew my mind. That's great. Garrett, let me put you on the spot, man. Where do you think you rank on the farthest throwing pros on tour right now? I'd say you want a top level or like what number? Like give you a number. Yeah. Yeah, where do you where do you think you where do you think you fall? Are you are you the farthest throwing professional right I'm now? In, I would say I'm in the top top three or four. For sure. I mean, yeah. Right now. I mean, Thomas Gilbert's thrown really far. Um and he he kinda got me on the last distance competition. So I'm kinda thirsty to get a little revenge on little Thomas Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Barella's always bombing it, you know. We got, we got some big bombers on the team too. So they're always setting the level. There's always new kids coming out trying to throw the disc further, but you know what? They keep coming, come and find me. I'll try to help keep raising the bar because I don't think I'm done getting distance. <laughs> I can I hopefully love it try too, for man. more. I, I love it. I always love citing you as a source because like, or just as an example, because like, you know, you hear so many people like, well, you get some local kid who's getting good. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, he's got that lanky Simon Eagle body. Of course he's good. You know, and I always <laughs> am like, I'm I'm not really tall and lanky or short and stocky. I'm just kind of average. But I'm always like, nah, man, it, your body type, you know, whatever. Look at Garrett. He's not a big, tall guy. He's more yep. of a stocky guy and ripping the disc. So I love, exactly. I always love being able to use you as an example, along with Macbeth, LaCastro, Drew Gibson. Oh. No you know, wonder guys I have that so aren't. many followers. What, what'd you say? I said, no wonder I have so many followers. You've been throwing them to, to me. <laughs> I've been trying, man. I, but yeah, Thanks, I, man. I just love it because it's like, you know, I, I love thinking of disc golf as a sport for everybody. And whenever I hear 100%. people kind of going, oh, well, I just don't have the body. I'm obviously, he's good. And they kind of dismissing themselves and saying, well, I'll never throw far because I'm not six foot four. It's like, <laughs> dude. That's not what it's about. It's about putting in work. It's about, you know, talent too, but about putting in work and, and, and believing and just kind of keeping your head down and throwing, you know? And so it's like, yep. I love watching you throw for that reason. For, uh, not only is it just incredible the speed you're putting on it, but just to say, Hey, man, look, this guy's not your prototype. The guy that you think you look at him and go, that's the farthest guy and th farthest throwing guy in this entire state right now, but you are. Yeah. You know? So it's cool. Yeah. Yep. Growing up at a young age, I had a lot of brothers pushing me, Ben, Evan, Alex, you know, they were all older than me. Obviously I was the youngest boy. So I always wanted to push the bar to the next level. Cause I was always getting my, you know, my butt handed to me by my older brothers. So <laughs> I was always trying to find a new avenue of how to throw the disc further. So I kept working on it and became one of the furthest throwers in the game because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to throw the disc far and I think that's everyone's kind of high of the game is seeing that disc fly as far as it possibly can. Yeah, man. Like you, USDGC hole five this year, I was doing, unfortunately, I was having to do the commentary because I got injured, but man, it was almost worth it just to be able to be up there in that booth and watch that roller tracking along the water. And I was like freaking out <laughs> as it was happening. I had like, I had like chills in my hands and just like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe what I just saw. 
and then that big towering shot to make the eagle three on the iconic fifth hole. I mean, only you, really. I mean, that just incredible. Yeah, that was definitely a, a memory I'll never forget as well. And uh, I appreciate you being on the mic, you and Philo. They were <laughs> yeah. really running that one down. I can kind of just picture Philo just like giving me the run, like the swinging arm to go run home with that disc just rolling on the edge of the water. Like, come on, stay in bounds, stay yeah. in bounds. He gave me the go ahead. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, you know, the distance cheat code, that'll never go away from Ian Anderson with Central Coast Disc Golf. I mean, <laughs> the distance cheat code, that was like killer. I mean, I felt like someone just called me Arrow or something. Nice. <laughs> so, so what, what is that code? <laughs> Can I get the code? <laughs> what's, what's the, um, <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> Before or we get to the distance cheat code, <laughs> yeah. don't share it. Don't do I... tell them. You don't tell oh, yeah. them to look it up in the magazine at Walmart or something. Yeah. <laughs> Got to tap the right corner of the tee box twice, one step forward, one step back. Um, yep. All right. Now, <laughs> Nate, we really we messed up last week, and I've I've heard about it in the comments. Um, we we strayed from our our roots a little bit and we didn't get an RV story out of page. So there's no way I'm letting <laughs> double G go with it. It was brought up. What? No RV horror story, nothing about page in an RV. So uh, I'll remember not to let that one go again. So um, Nate, I guess you, we were talking to Garrett a little bit before you told him that it's not just a disc golf podcast. It's, it's become an RV horror story podcast and everybody's <laughs> got one. Yep. Double G, give us give us an RV story from the road, man. Yeah, we were traveling through Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We, as in me and Jessica Weiss, um, and uh, trying to just get to our destination. It was one of those late nighters. I was about to call it a night. It's twelve o'clock at night, and next thing you know, something happens where the trailer's on its edge and the whole camper trailer is dragging on the ground. Oh I pull over gosh. as fast as I can. I had the heaviest steering wheel and steering wheel in my hand ever whenever the impact kind of broke. So when I got out of the vehicle, I noticed that the axle was laying on the ground and the tire was nowhere to be found. And the axle, the end of the axle was glowing orange. Like Oh my Dude, you are taking the cake right now. This is on another level beyond any horror oh, yeah. story we've ever had. Oh, yeah. It gets better. Yeah. But um, we couldn't find the tire because it was midnight and it was in the middle of a cornfield somewhere. So that was off the list. We had to dump the trailer off the hitch, um, wait for AAA to get there. We waited for three hours. AAA called us back and said they couldn't make it. So we were stuck at on the side of the road in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. From 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., then they said they called and couldn't make it. Me and Jessica were really mad. We drove seven miles ahead, so we got a hotel, called it a night. They picked up our camper trailer when we were on our way to the next place to pick up a new camper trailer because ours was uh, totaled, you know. It was wow. totaled. It was like, there's no way we could fix this. But on our way to the camping place, which was 100 miles up the road, we happened to meet the tow truck that was towing my camper trailer. Along the way, it looked like it was going to fall off every bump it hit. Oh, no. <laughs> so we got video of my own camper trailer going to the same camping place that I was going to the next day. 
<laughs> at some random time in the morning, we both happened to be going at the same time. And it was like, oh my gosh, there's our home on wheels being towed by a trailer. Now we're in a vehicle going to go get a new one. How was, Wait. how did you lose a lot of stuff? Like, was your stuff all broken or? Well, that's the, the good thing is nothing, nothing inside got really damaged besides just the whole trailer. All our stuff inside was still good. Um, luckily. So wow. it was definitely a disaster and we kind of came out of it really good. And, um, after that, it's been a safety precaution checklist is grease the hubs, grease the hubs, grease the hubs before we leave. <laughs> wow, man. So Jonathan Gomez lost an air conditioner. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Was that the, the height requirement? Yeah. <laughs> but that sounds yeah. like nothing compared to what you got. Holy. <laughs> yeah. Cow. Wow. Oh, it was, it was a nightmare, but me and Jess survived and, you know, everyone's got to put the safety first on the road because they don't realize how crazy, you know, anything can happen any time of the day yeah. on the road. So being a defensive driver has put me well on my way to keep us in the safety for sure. And, and you so. just picked from one of the many camper trailer sales places and. South Dakota. I'm sure that um, you didn't have many, many choices of what you were getting. Well, the funny thing is they had really good selection. They were all cheaper because no one goes to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It was really <laughs> awesome. Nice. Really way, awesome. way to find a silver lining, man, in a really tough situation. We did. We did. Definitely, definitely super stoked to, to be here and to be able to tell that story because it could have gone either way. Yeah, man, that's scary. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that, man. You, you, that was, yep. that was intense. With that being said, I want to give a shout out to all my touring pro homies out there on safe travels to start their tour. Yeah. Uh, without them, it wouldn't be so much fun. So yeah, everybody everyone, stay safe for sure. Everyone stay safe and can't wait to see you in Vegas or Arizona. The eight of us. Nice. So before, yep. before Jessica, did you have, uh, did you have a couple of pros that you toured with? I mean, somebody had to have locked you down as a, as a touring partner with the way that you cook. Well, his name well, is Big Germ. Yeah, man. I, I traveled that guy. He got, <laughs> he got more tickets in my truck than I did. You know, he, he was all over. The, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm not putting him out on blast like that. I'm only kidding. Germ. We got pulled over a couple of times, but nothing ever happened. We, we got pulled over by good cops. It was just like, man, I just remember this one memory. Germ's just like beatboxing and it's like 2 a.m. We just switched driving and we're trying to make way. And I'm in, we're in my, uh, Chevy Colorado and, uh, and he's just like, all right, G, put up a, you know, a little track. And he's like starting to beatbox and he's like, boots and cats and boots and cats. And like, little did I know that Germ was going to be beatboxing the whole tour. <laughs> and uh, if if I would have known that, I definitely would have kicked him out after the first stop. But no, he actually happens to be a really good beatboxer. And yeah, uh, he he was fun. He was fun <laughs> to be with. When when he had bad days, I cheered him up. Whenever I had a bad day, he cheered me up. He was a good touring partner. And uh, the only thing that I could go back on, if we could, is if he would have just kept his wallet in his pocket in El Paso, Texas, because he lost his wallet there. And I mean, it was just a nightmare. Like yes. he tried calling the gas station right after it happened, couldn't find it. They they didn't find a wallet. None of them spoke English that well. So 
we we encountered a lot, but overall, we had a great time. Me and Germ made plenty of beef jerky together. He's one that will vouch for me that, um, you know, the beef jerky, the time and sweat I put into it, he he ended up starting making his batch on my dehydrator when we were on the road together staying in Arizona. So we had a really good time. Dude, that's like that's like some serious brohood. Like when you let somebody else cook their jerky on your dehydrator, you I'm know that you. you know that like you you guys are tight. But you know the the big Kahuna is a mixologist now, so maybe you know with with him putting some drinks together and, and you doing some jerky, you guys could be on to some some fancy snacking on tour. Yeah. Oh yeah, expensive tickets. So if you want a plate of food and a fancy drink by double G and big germ. <laughs> uh, we're going to start tickets off that $150 a dinner. No, I'm just kidding. Go. I'm just kidding. There you go. There you, people will come. People will come. Yeah. Be careful. I've got well, some ideas. We'll talk off a, there. No. Right, sounds good. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we did what we do every week with our guests, Garrett, and uh, we asked for fan questions. Um, we threw them out there on Instagram and Facebook and wow, did we get a lot of questions, um, when we put up that you were going to be the guest. So there's no way we could possibly get to them all, but we did pick a few out. We've got Brandon Matthew from Instagram. He wants to know, do you know what the actual farthest shot you've ever thrown was? All right. So in Prim, Nevada, I know for a fact I've thrown one over 900 feet in wind assisted but we're we're the we're the de- we're the world record sets place where david wiggins threw 1108 feet i definitely threw one over 900 that day but it was not in the recorded throws but my furthest recorded throw on paper is 821 feet wow yep almost uh 80 feet shy of three football fields 79 feet wow that's just beyond impressive um Continuing on with that arm strength of yours, Anthony Mitchell from Charlotte says, uh, Double G, obviously you have a cannon for an arm, and uh, obviously a lot of your card mates have cheered you on accordingly. When was the first time you ever threw a shot where you noticed a reaction from your card mates on a big stage? Do you, do you remember a, a certain instance where you threw one and you turned around and was like, wow, everybody was just checking that out? Uh, I would say probably hole three at the toboggan. Uh, I want to say a couple maybe it was this last year. I can't remember exactly the year. Please don't quote me on it, but I know hole three at the toboggan. It's, it's probably like an 800, maybe 900 foot hole or so. And it goes way downhill, like a toboggan run. I think Nate can vouch for me. I don't know how far it is, but I would say around the eight something mark. But with the downhill, you can kind of get it a good mount on it. But I crested these trees like that are already high from the point that we're throwing. And I got the disc to do a full turn around the corner. And like even me, I looked around. I was like, kind of did the whole sideways lip thing. Like, oh, I didn't think I was gonna do that one, but <laughs> and then I looked at everybody, and all their jaws were just like down to the ground. I was like, yep, that's kind of what I felt like too. <laughs> <laughs> it was de- it was at the D Glow though. That was that was the one I can look back on, and um, it definitely is one of the highlights that I remember when it comes to like. 
jaw dropping to people, you know, and, uh, Tony, I think it's Tony Mitchell that chimed in on that question. I, I know Tony and he's a good dude. So shout out to Tony Mitchell for asking that question. Thanks, bud. That one's for you in Michigan. Now we have a, uh, another question here from Vernon came in on the Facebook and I know you guys kind of talked about a few memories, but, uh, the question was for both of you guys. Nate, do you have a most memorable moment about playing in a tournament with Garrett and Garrett, do you have a, a memorable moment about playing in a tournament with Nate? I mean, the, the one that's going to top it off for me is Vegas from last year. I mean, he- we battled so hard and he just put up that, you know, stiff lip and just didn't stop. He just, he just kept going and it was something I couldn't really keep up with. And it's definitely a battle that I'll always remember. He kind of took off on me on the end, but that's just cause he was just, he couldn't miss. He threw in a dart on a hole from, I want to say right over the sawgrass. It was like a good 110 feet or so uh, after he made that one, you know, when people are hitting, they're just on, you can't really knock them for it. So. Um, that memory will definitely go down in history. Like it was like Tiger and Phil going at it. So, um, that's kind of the feel that I got from it. And definitely one I'll hold on to forever. Las Vegas 2020. Yeah. And I, I would, I, my brain initially goes to the same place, but I'm going to try to take it somewhere else. Uh, just yeah. because I, I, the shot, I don't even know that I, Garrett might not even really remember this shot, but the shot that's popping into my head was playing at the ledge stone together. And it's hole eight at Eureka where it's like through a gap. Then the gap is like maybe 275 away over this little creek. And anything short of this gap, you're out of bounds. Oh, yeah. So it's, you kind of have to like – it's a hard par four. And you kind of have to like – for me, it's like, whoa, back off, back off. Just make the gap, you know, take a par. It's a scary mm-hmm. hole to go full gas on, I think, because, you know, you hit a tree, you're OB. And you're, you're taking a bogey at best probably. Oh, yeah. But he just ripped it through the gap, like to where you're, I was like, Oh my gosh, I got so far through there. But then like the whole amazement, like washed over me again when we got around the corner and I saw where the thing actually was. And he's like, <laughs> he's like in Sonic City, like up there, yeah. up there by the basket almost. And it's just exactly like unreal. Cause we were, we were playing with some other crusher too. And I remember thinking, Oh, they both blasted it. And we got up there and Garrett's was like a hundred farther. I and just that. like. Yeah, it was that was just a moment where I was like, that is so crazy. And I just can't even believe this is one of the hardest holes I can even think of. And where he, from where he just threw that thing, this is cake now. Like he's yep. got like it, it was uh, it was incredible. If people that are listening don't know which hole, it's the hole before the bridge hole at Eureka Lake. Yes, that, that kind of puts thing in perspective. I That's uh, the water down by the basket on the left hand side. It's such a hard hole if you land short, like through the mouth to get your second shot. It's a really good par four of a hole. And, uh, to get the birdie, you have to be really good distance down there or throw a really nice precise sidearm or backhand to land nice and flat and flesh without going in the water. Yes. That hole, I do remember Nate because, uh, I needed to get it down there because I wanted the I wanted the birdie on that thing. That thing's hard to get. Yeah, I don't even try. I'm too scared. I'm just like, man, this looks like a par for me. But yeah, right? you, you were so far down there. It's like you could have birdied that with your eyes closed at once you did that drive. Hey, you know, Innova makes some good, uh, some good race and some good destroyers. So yeah. I'm always punching something down there. And if it's not one of those, it's my handy dandy emperor with yeah. infinite. So if, if you don't see a, a wraith going down the center, 
if I'm going even longer, I'm going with the Emperor. Wow. Yep. That was a question that came in a lot, so you just kind of answered that right there. What What's your distance disc? If you were going to grab one and throw it as far as you could, what would you pick up? Golf distance on on a tournament play, I'm going Emperor. If I'm going distance competition, I'm going Domi, Poppy Top, Katanas. Mm, okay, awesome. And uh, we'll take one more here. This came in from David on Instagram. Uh, he's a new player, and he asked for the two pros on today's show. Garrett, what is one um, – how did he word it here? What is uh, one drill that I could be doing to add to my distance? And Nate, what's one putting drill that I could do to help with my accuracy? Nate first. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think I've, I've probably said this in a couple of places, but I'll do it again. My, my all time favorite putting drill is you have two putters. You set a clock for 15 minutes. You start, say, like five steps from the basket. Put put one from whatever stance you prefer. If it's stagger or straddle, put one. Step to the side, switch the stance, and put the other one. So you have one stagger and one straddle from five paces. If you make them both, then you earn the right to go to six paces. If you make one, you stay at five. If you miss them both, you go into four. The beauty of it is it only takes 15 minutes. It's going to take you to the place where you struggle and force you to stay there. For most amateurs, that's going to be like in the seven, eight, nine step range. Because you're, you're not likely to string two together and get to move to farther away. So you don't waste time practicing too far away. And the other thing about it is that because you time it, when you, for the first time in your life, you get to 11 steps, 12 steps, 13 steps, you have hard evidence and you know you're a better putter than you used to be. It's not just like, hey, I feel a little bit better. You know you're better. And that's kind of confidence you can't make up. Like, And that's so critical when you're out there on the course. It's like, hey, I actually know that I'm a better putter than I used to be, and I'm about to make this. Wow. Yeah, that's nice. That's a good drill. And Garrett, what do you got for somebody that's looking to add some distance? Um, this selection is kind of key, is finding, finding someone with a lot of good knowledge that knows what kind of arm speed you are as a new player. A lot of people see the pros play, and they want the high-speed drivers like we're using. I can say that that's your first step. You want to start with diagnosing the right disc that should work for you. Um, not all discs work the same for everybody. Uh, a newer player can't come out and throw a destroyer like Nate or Anthony Barella or me. So it's like a little bit different for everyone. So I think knowing your disc selection is getting on that disc chart, seeing where you are as arm speed wise, picking out the right disc. That's your first step. The next step would be working on getting a little bit more distance and making sure you're rotating your your hips along when you're swinging back your arm. You, you need to really kind of focus on getting the timing right. If you can kind of work on your timing slowly, do it slowly, and then work your way a little bit faster as pulling your arm speed through along with your hips. So if you can, get out in the field, do some field work. Don't be around trees. To maximize your chance of getting some more distance, find an open field. So find an open field, get the right disc selection, and I would say just keep firing around the waist. Don't get it too high. Keep it nice and level, and uh, I would start from there. If you have any more questions, hit me up in the inbox. I got you. Is, nice, is, that, it, is that our last fan question? Because I got, I got a question I want to squeeze in. 
Um, okay, so we've got a question, uh, Nate from Washington. Yeah, Nate from Washington. <laughs> Regular guy, dad, amateur griller. I got my Weber in the in uh-huh. the backyard. Uh, I'm looking to give this thing a deep clean. Mm-hmm. Talk me through it. What do I What do I need? So you're gonna need some Brillo brushes. So if you don't have any Brillo brushes, you can find them in the store. Some of them say SOS on the side. I don't really know what it stands for, but um, I found that that's key. And also, I know it's preventative maintenance, but you know when you have a couple two or three cooks that's part about owning a grill or a smoker you got to give it that nice little heavy clean every two or three times um also with having a smoker whenever you fire up that smoker for the next time that weber that you have i like to choose the Rectech. it's an electric pellet smoker and my friend hooked me up with that uh shout out to you greg yeah but, those uh, things look super nice yeah, they're a little bit easier on the cleanup, too, because you don't have to deal with the charcoal. You plug it in, you buy pellets, you put it in, you put the pellets in the side, and yeah. it has an auger, it feeds it in. Awesome. But with the Weber, like I said, fire that puppy up, open face, don't put the shell on. It'll help scrub the, scrub the char off. And then after that goes, you know, you're, you should be back in luck. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I'm a straight, I'm a, I'm an amateur man. I'm a straight propane guy. We don't have any charcoal. We don't got any fancy wood. We got, okay. we're just, yeah, I'm doing what I can. But you know, well, I'm, I'm going to take some tips from you eventually and, and get into that, yeah. uh, that next level. We'll, we'll have to talk next time because I guarantee you the wifey will appreciate it. Oh, I bet. Sure. I bet I will too. So oh, yeah. to be you clear, you said ev- you got to clean your grill every two to three years, correct? No. Sorry, because that, I feel like, uses. Because, oh, oh, because <laughs> I feel like years is about how often I scrub my. I mean, you know, I get the little brush and do the little once over before I throw the next right. round on there. But yeah, so I've, I've I've got I've, it's gone too far. I'm not, I'm well, pa- I've passed that two or three. I need I need just, I'm taking this thing apart. I need to get I need to go factory reset on this thing. Really clean, really clean. Well, it. call my buddy Greg from Rectech. He'll hook you up. All right, all right, but I don't want. Um, yeah, all right, okay, I'll do that too. Yeah, or 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 maybe there's somebody from a really great grill company that's listening right now, and they want to be featured on the show. In which case, you know, <laughs> we can work something out. So that Sweet. sounds like I bet there could be something worked out. Sweet, I bet. yeah. Well, Garrett, uh, it was really awesome having you on and being able to chat with you and and find out a little bit about this jerky and hearing your excitement for for the upcoming season. Uh, obviously, I wish you the best of luck. Before we let you go, go ahead and take a second and let everybody know where they can find you, where they can get the beef jerky, what you got going on. Plug all your stuff, man. Yep, you can uh, find me Garrett Gerthy on Facebook or Instagram. Um, you, it's pretty easy to find me. Also, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me a message. Uh, we're about to start the tour. I'd like to say I get back to it very often, but once I hit the road, I might not get back to it as often. But, uh, secondly, I want to thank my business partners, Ted and Jim. Without those guys, Double G Craft Jerky wouldn't be here and the Double G Children's Foundation. So, uh, I want to thank them for for uh, helping me pursue my passion and seeing the passion that I have and the love that I have and making really good jerky. So I, r- I really do appreciate them. And also want to thank all my sponsors, Innova Champion Discs. They make the best. I can't 
I can't be more happy with these guys. They've been, they've had my back from the get go since my, my tour has been back. So, uh, I miss my family. My brother's getting married soon. I can't be there. It'll be in during the middle of an NT in Texas. So I want to give Evan Gerthy, my brother, my, my dearest love to him and Sabrina. And I wish them the well, the wellest this year for, for, for us not being there. But, uh, let's see. Infinite Disc, get your Emperors, get your Sonics. Innova, I can't quite say what my disc is going to be yet, but be waiting at the factory store. You'll want them. Trust me. Nice. Um, end zone, Levon Wolf, get your quick sticks. If you have any discs that go in water, just by having this stick, might cost you 45 bucks or so, but you get three discs back. You already got your money's worth out of the deal. So, um, Festy Days, they're doing some pins with me this year. Thank you, Festy Days, for that. They're a pin company that's kind of like disc golf pins, but they're kind of doing their own thing. So they, we kind of did a co-op collab this year. They're going to be having some Sonic disc golf pins that are going to look really cool. So, uh, Grippy Q. Infinite Disc, End Zone, New World Sports Complex. Man, it's been a while since I've listed my sponsors. You're in demand, so, man. Everybody wants a crusher. Crusher yep. and a and a good dude on the team. So yeah, you got I got, you got companies lining up. Uh Gorilla Disc Golf out of Houston. I got Tree Love out of Austin, Texas, or out of Dallas, I'm sorry. Um T Box Socks. They make the best socks in the game. They'll personalize any socks you need. Put your logo on them. They're looking really hot right now. So when you see me next time, that's one more flair you'll see me with is matching coordinated socks on every disc off, at least the, the days I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> Let's go. So thanks to all my sponsors. If it wasn't for them, you know, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. So uh, thanks for believing me, guys. And I appreciate all the friends, fans, and family that listen along tonight. Jarrett, I appreciate you. Uh, have me on Nate thank you very much yeah man I really appreciate it I can't, I can't wait to see you soon uh, I just want to thank you for taking time out of a busy day to to chat with us for sure and uh one more quick thank you to Chandler for sitting in on the beef jerky um tasting as he's a beef jerky connoisseur he is can't wait to give you some more jerky on the sweeter side bud nice hey man great uh great having you on it was uh awesome chatting with you and best of luck this season thanks so much well, Nate, you did it once again for all of our listeners. Uh, another amazing guest, an awesome conversation. Uh, Double G, really just an, an awesome guy. Not just a great player and an amazing jerky cook, obviously, but really kind of an, an awesome guy to have on. Definitely. He's always got good for a good story. He's got a great attitude. He's got amazing skills. Uh, definitely was fun to hear a little bit more of his backstory and how he developed that passion for cooking because it's always just kind of something that, that – hit me as like, Oh, interesting. You know, you don't expect it. And then you see this guy's just putting together like a gourmet meal for like a, a table of 20. It's it's kind of a crazy skill. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure that the, the, a lot of the guys on tour have, uh, have enjoyed that skill. And now they're going to be for sure with this double G beef jerky that it sounds like he's going to be handing out. So guys, make sure you check out double G beef jerky. Uh, it's available at a bunch of retail locations, uh, or you can find Garrett on his uh, social media or his websites and uh, check it out. Order some for yourself, and uh, he's doing some uh, some good with it as well, and, and helping raise some money for some kids. And uh, I just think it's just an awesome an awesome endeavor all around, and something that he really seems passionate about. And uh, yeah. and we wish him the best of luck in it, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. And keep an eye on our show's uh, social media, Instagram and Facebook for Double G Craft Jerky giveaways coming at you. We got one bag of uh, each flavor and those are going out to our listeners. Yeah, guys, keep an eye out for that. We're going to come up with some sort of fun contest and give you guys an opportunity to earn a bag of Double G Craft Jerky, uh, courtesy of Garrett Gerthy and Double G Jerky and running it with Nate Sexton. And of course, guys, don't forget to check out our friends at FisherDiscGolf.com. Pick up a disc, get yourself some apparel, maybe a basket. I know they got disc dot there. Lots of cool things that you can do. Free shipping. And on top of that, Nate, a little something extra for our listeners. Use the code RUNIT10 to save 10%. Check them out, FisherDiscGolf.com. Nate, should we tell them who we're having on next week? I feel like we never do that. Maybe we should. Should we Should we start to get them ready? Because the, the next episode's kind of a big episode in, in your career and in the career of disc golf. Yeah, I mean, the goal, we're still kind of working out the details, but we're trying to get Dave Dunapace on the show, the CEO and founder of Innova Champion Discs, the designer of almost every Innova disc that you've ever seen, and, uh, you know, a world champion, uh, you know, just an original from, uh, in disc golf, a guy that I, I can't imagine the stories that he's got. So hope, hope, yeah, hope whatever, that we that whatever we're going to have to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. Just like, you know. <laughs> It's it's a it's a it's crazy. I, I can't I can't wait. I hope that he'll be willing to share like you know the genesis of all that stuff, Innova and early competitions and traveling for for frisbee sports in the seventies and eighties. It's amazing. Well, with so many great guests that you've had lined up for us, and some of the amazing guests that we still have to come on, the great stories, and now the gourmet delicacies. You know, Nate, there's a lot of people out there that they're just kind of laying it up, man. But uh, but us. Yeah, and Garrett Gerthy's not one of them. We're running it. It's all, all three of us at this point. We are running it. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, and you will hear from us next week.